This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Friday. It is, of course, the July 4th weekend. And if you are traveling this weekend, remember to keep the WABC app with you. Uh, Go to WABCradio.com, download the app. You'll be able to stay in touch with all of your favorite programming here on WABC all of this July 4th weekend. Coming up today on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. So pleased. We have, of course, the lovely intelligence of Princess Di and the great one, Mark Levin, will be here. So, if you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Let's kick it off with this note. California will become the first state to guarantee free health care, free, absolutely free, for all low-income immigrants living in the country illegally or not. That is going to provide coverage, they say, for an additional 764,000 people at an eventual cost of about $2.7 billion a year. Now, before we go any further, this is an Associated Press story, by the way, let's drop in on something that we always know. Whatever cost they give you is the wrong cost. It's always higher. Right now, we are scheduled, if things go as they seem to be going, to have an influx of illegal immigration in this country that is historic. At the pace we are going right now, we could have up to 6,400,000 immigrants flooding the the, the border. Many of them, of course, illegal immigrants. And just in time for that, The Democrats in California, Governor Gavin Newsom, who, by the way, is trying to position himself as the the best alternative to Joe Biden. And the Biden administration is taking notice of the moves that he's making. But anyway, Gavin Newsom, the Democrats, sign a bill making low-income adults eligible for the state's Medicaid program by 2024, regardless of immigration status. So... If you are an illegal immigrant and you want free health care, all you have to do, go to California. It's yours. Don't worry about paying for a thing. California's got you. If you are an illegal immigrant, don't you worry. Don't fret. 
you can get all the welfare you want in California. What could possibly, possibly go wrong with this? Now, the AP says that uh, people living in the country illegally made up about 7% of the population nationwide in 2020. That's about 22.1 million people, they say. And they're, they're putting that number on the Kaiser Family Foundation, according to Kaiser Family Foundation. What do we know about that number? It's wrong because there has been a steady influx of immigration since Joe Biden took over and they opened up the borders. So who knows what the true numbers are? Uh, In this story, it also says California's expansion of Medicaid won't be easy. And they're talking about um, the pandemic and all of that stuff, the health care coverage, the cost of it, et cetera, et cetera, people losing their health care coverage because of the pandemic. But don't worry. Don't worry about any of that. California has made a promise to every illegal citizen that can, that can breach our borders, come in and get your free health care here, get your free welfare here. And we can expect that the immigrate the immigrant class especially the immigration class that likes to come here illegally is listening wholeheartedly the airlines have stumbled so badly over the last two holidays people are wondering whether they can handle the big crowds expected this weekend already tuesday wednesday american airlines had canceled eight percent of its flights so Who knows? I will say this. If you are planning to go to the airport, if you are planning on a flight anywhere today, tomorrow, get there early. Get there in time to make other plans in case your plans go wrong. And don't, by the way, count on having clear and having a TSA pre-check to get you through lines quicker yeah, they'll get you through lines quicker, but if there's so many more people on the lines, it still could be, you don't want to cut it at the last minute. I say that because I'm one of those guys. I like to show up at the airport at the very last minute possible to make the flight. This is not the weekend to do that. Get there early and make sure that you have time in case things go wrong. This woman, Cassidy, this Cassidy person, Cassidy Hutchison. This is rare. Right now, journalists, alleged journalists in the mainstream press are actually sending up smoke signals. Hey, 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 hey. Maybe, maybe we should should not have just taken her testimony with uh, without looking into it. Maybe we should have vetted this a little bit more. You know why? Already... The backtracking has begun. Already, things that she said are turning out not to be true, as many of you already knew. But the mainstream press was in denial about that. Now it's getting so blatant that even the mainstream press has to say, you know what, we got a problem here with this one. Maybe, maybe we should not have listened to her. Pulitzer Award-winning writer... Glenn Greenwald castigated the state of modern journalism in a tweet, arguing that the progressive ideological echo chamber 
that currently governs the industry is responsible for the repeated spread of untrue stories like Russiagate and of Cassidy Hutchison's now infamous claim that Donald Trump grabbed the steering wheel of a presidential limo. As any lawyer will tell you, if you're being honest, few things are less reliable than a proceeding with no adversarial component. These hearings have zero, Greenwald said, of the increasingly farcical nature of the January 6th committee. One can assign whatever blame one wants to for that. Perhaps it means journalists should be skeptical of the assertions there. This has been a kangaroo court all along. And finally, even some journalists are starting to take note. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Something is wrong here. New York, there's a story in the New York Post today about magic mushrooms. Now, I had no idea what magic mushrooms are. I must be honest with you. I don't keep up with the latest in the psychedelics and all that stuff. But magic mushrooms apparently help people or can help people with some very serious psychological issues as well. And now there's a chance that they could be legalized, these magic mushrooms, for personal use in New Jersey. I'm learning more about these magic mushrooms. We shall see. Well, before we go to the break, my friends, we do have a bit of news. This news comes to us from Texas. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. A Texas man who admitted to having sex with a horse and sexually assaulting several other horses has been in jail or is going to be in jail for at least a decade. He's besides me. He's doing things. Jean Marie Bagoma, 24 years old, was convicted this Wednesday. He pled guilty to bestiality. I'm stuck in front of your wife, Wilbur. Anything. Please help. The sick acts occurred at a San Antonio boarding facility on at least three occasions between June 2020 and February 2021. In the first instance, Bogoma was caught on surveillance cameras walking toward the stables naked. According to an arrest affidavit, the owner noticed that soon after that, two of his horses were injured, and a vet later determined the animals had been sexually assaulted. This has been a Filmways television presentation. Wilbur. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Bo Snurdly. On 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. Sly and the Family Stone bring us back. Hot fun in the summertime. And with us, ladies and gentlemen, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Mark, welcome. How are you, my friend? Bo, it's a pleasure. And you know what? I think it's the great big one now. I've gained about 25 pounds, I think. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm trying like hell to get rid of it. But, uh, you know, I just had a sorbet and a few chocolate caramels. So that's not going to (laughs) happen. Mark, um, I when when the Roe v. Wade uh, ruling came down and, and Casey ruling came down, first thing I thought of was, man, I wish Rush was here to comment oh, on yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I thought of was that this this country, Mark, owes three talk radio giants for the years and years that they have helped create the climate. And it's not just the radio giants, of course. We have a conservative media that's growing, a print media. We have conservative publications. We have conservative pundits. But I tell you what, in terms of mass communication, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity have been there for years priming this pump, coalescing a group of American citizens together under the banner of conservatism. Before Rush, conservatives, many of us didn't identify as conservatives. And then for the last decades, what have we had? We have had 15 hours a day of Rush, of Sean, of Mark. And we have watched this conservative movement grow. And finally, Mark, especially you brought out the nature to many people who don't understand our Constitution. You made it plain for them to understand. And what has happened with Roe v. Wade and Roe v. Casey, at least to me, This is uh, at last moment. At last, the Supreme Court is paying attention to the Constitution. What say you? First of all, you're extremely generous. Uh, With me, anyway. I mean, with Rush and Sean, I agree. And I've known you a long, long time. And you know well, when we had these legal issues, I would talk to Rush a lot. Or he'd contact me or I'd contact him. And we'd go through these things. So this decision was a genius decision because of its simplicity. I mean, the court simply said something that you never hear in Washington, D.C. We don't have the power to get involved in this. We never did. It's not a federal constitutional matter. It's a state legislative or constitutional matter. It is a people matter. We're the furthest thing from we the people. We are lifetime appointees, Roe v. Wade and Casey, where opinion is looking for legal and constitutional justifications and never found them. And they said, we're not going to rule on this. Now, keep in mind, they didn't say abortion is unconstitutional under the Equal Protection Clause. They could have said that. They could have said that's a baby. And under the Equal Protection Clause, it deserves protection. Therefore, every abortion permitting law in the nation is unconstitutional. They didn't do that. And the Democrats want to do the opposite. What the Democrats tried to do in the Senate right after the first draft leak was what? They wanted abortion on demand right to the last second. They support infanticide. It has nothing to do right. with Roe v. Wade and its three trimesters or Casey and viability. 
A baby is viable when it's about to be born. And the Democrats proposed legislation that only exists in six states. And what it says is abortion on demand right up to the end for any reason and all the restrictions in every other state are to be wiped out. That's what the Democrats believe in. And people need to understand how extreme and radical they are. Now, the Roe v. Wade and Casey decisions, of course, have upset the left mightily. But this decision with the Supreme Court cutting the wings of the EPA, scaling back the EPA's power, no, this power that you want to dramatically change entire industries, entire sectors of the American economy does not belong to the EPA. It's a legislative power. What Mm -hmm. about that decision? Was that equally sound? Stanley found it was a very, very big deal. Since a case called Chevron, uh, really back to FDR, but beyond that, the Supreme Court has basically allowed Congress to delegate its legislative making to the bureaucracy. And uh, and And they have delegated it with these very broad and ambiguous laws. And the bureaucracy, of course, is fairly radical, particularly when you have somebody like a Biden or Obama is the, at the helm, and they've been t- using it, exploiting it, to pass laws. Uh, over the la- If you look at the uh, Federal Register, and I don't expect anybody to do it, uh, it's a million pages long over the last 12 years. All those laws are passed without our representatives involved, without your input, and it's exactly the opposite of what the framers intended. So here... What the court said is, uh, you don't have the power to regulate public utilities in the states. There is no statutory power, and you just can't point to these broad laws passed in the 1970s to say that you can. Now, the reason they're under attack is because the same people who are attacking the court for other reasons, they want the government to have this kind of power. All the court has done in both of these cases has said, The right bodies have to make these decisions, and those are the bodies closest to the people, and the people have to have the right to have some input. No more top-down as far as we're concerned. And, of course, the media, which are very stupid and very ideological, they're saying our rights are being taken away, and, and, and who else is going to clean the air? It's just so outrageous how these people report this stuff with the Democrat Party talking points. So we should be very happy with what the court did in these two cases. How about the New York gun law case? Now, New York was already, uh, the New York uh, legislature under the unelected governor, Kathy Hochul, is already working to circumvent that decision. That decision uh, overturned a 100-year-old law in New York that basically said that the sheriff, the police, have the ability to stop people from getting guns. They have to tell the police what special circumstances are needed in order to have a concealed weapon. The court said, no, you don't. What the court said is, look, if you have a rule that applies to everybody, that's one thing. But if you give the kind of broad discretion to bureaucrats or local officials to decide on a one-off basis, if somebody has a right to gun, do you need it? They said the emphasis is on the wrong thing. The emphasis isn't on do they need it and can they prove it. The point is they have a right to it unless you have a broad-based law that raises questions. So, in other words, if people have committed felonies and you have a law in place that they can't have a gun, okay, fine. 
But if you say Ernie Grabowski walked into the sheriff's office and he wants a carry permit, and then you say Ernie Grabowski, well, why do you need it? And he says, well, I'm concerned about my safety. And they say, well, we don't think it's enough, so you don't get it. The court said that's not acceptable. That kind of power does not belong with one person or a bureaucracy or anything of the sort. You apply it across the board or you don't. And you can't just say nobody has a right to a gun under the earlier Heller decision because we have a Second Amendment. Have you noticed the pattern here? They hate the Bill of Rights. (laughs) They hate the Constitution. (laughs) They hate freedom. They hate individualism. They just want more and more power, so they want to undermine the cops and remove any right to defend yourself. And that's what you have. You have the law of the jungle. You have you have lawlessness and anarchy taking place. Are you optimistic, Mark, after these decisions? We haven't talked about the, the, the two decisions regarding religion. And, of course, that has a whole different segment of the left upset, those that hate religious people, those people that hate religion and continue to say that, the Constitution demands that there be a separation of all church activity and all state activity, which is an incorrect reading of that. But are you optimistic, given this term? I think that we've seen the most momentous term uh, ending in a Supreme Court that in, in my lifetime. I don't know whether that's, you know, I don't know whether I missed something in the 60s that maybe I'm not taking or the 70s in for granted, but I have never uh, experienced wave this kind of wave of mm-hmm. of to me stunning decisions coming from the court well a couple of things first on uh, separation of church and state it's right up there next to the abortion phrase in other words it doesn't exist in the constitution what the first mm-hmm. amendment allows is the free exercise of religion but it also opposes the imposition of religion on individuals in other words they were concerned about a theocracy So a coach, after a football game, going to the corner of the field, getting on his knee and praying to God for 30 seconds, then players asking if they can voluntarily join him. That's not the imposition of religion on those young people. That is their voluntary choice. Now, he did it on public property. So what? If people understand the history of this country, faith has been exercised on public property all the time until the 1940s. In a decision called Everson, which was uh, written by Hugo Black. Hugo Black was a bigot. Hugo Black opposed the Catholic Church and the Pope. We know that from no less of a person than his own son. He was the lawyer for the Klan for a couple of years in Alabama, and he was FDR's first appointee to the Supreme Court. But there is no separation of church and state uh, in the Constitution. That's not to say we support, you know, Uh, somebody's faith being imposed on everybody, but how in the world was this guy imposing anything on anybody? And they said, look, he has a right to exercise his faith too. We don't just have to talk about Marxism, you know, and Leninism. We can talk about other things too, including faith. As for my optimistic or pessimistic, this is where Rush and I (laughs) had two different personalities. Okay. He was always optimistic. Mm Mm-hmm. I have to say I can be pessimistic, uh, and uh, and we were a good balance in that way. I mean, he but he was a realist. Don't get me wrong, but but you could see when he broadcast how positive he was and so forth and so. I look at this and I say these uh, one, two, three decisions were great decisions, 
but our expectations have been so dumbed down. And the only and they were gutsy to do it, saying, wait a minute, First Amendment means what it says. Wait a minute. We're a represented republic. The bureaucracy can't make laws. Wait a minute. This issue of abortion isn't in the Constitution. So we say, wow, look at what they did, which is great. Don't get me wrong. It took guts. But we're in a position where we just can't play even. We've got to make some progress beyond the Supreme Court decisions I'm hoping we do in November, but then again, we can't win every election. People need to understand these days are different. They're, they're more gravely dangerous than ever before because these people want to devour our culture, whether it's our classrooms, whether it's open borders. They want to devour our constitutional system, this war on the Supreme Court. We've never seen anything like this before. They want to nationalize the voting system so they can never lose, and they are serious about what they're doing. I'm just concerned a lot of the Republican rhinos who run things in Washington don't quite get it. I think you and I and our audiences get it. But these are very, very, very perilous times. And you can see how they're trashing Clarence Thomas, how another Supreme Court, Justice Kavanaugh, had his life threatened, how they're trying to destroy Donald Trump. The same people who are trying to destroy Trump, trying to destroy Clarence Thomas, trying to destroy Kavanaugh, open borders and all the rest. Those same people, people say, you know, I support maybe Tom Cotton or DeSantis. You don't think they're going to trash the hell out of those men, too? Exactly. They will try to destroy them, too. Mark, that's the time we have. Uh, I hope you join us again, man. I love you so much, Mark, and thank you for everything that you thank you for everything that you do and that you've done for this country, Mark. That's the great one, folks. Mark Levin. Thank you, Mark. You too, James. God bless you, man. Mark Levin on WABC Talk Radio 77. He's here later tonight, every weekday night. The great one. Check him out. The constitutional conscious of America. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you here. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour coming back. Princess Die coming back. Your calls and more news. Don't go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Rush. On Rush. 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Her Royal Highness is gracing us with her delightful and incredible <laughs> intellect and take on the world. Our very own Princess Diana Mee. Your Majesty, how are you this July 4th weekend? I am so happy to have just heard that one, talk about intellect, that wonderful conversation you had with Mark Levin. I think that was so enlightening and interesting and Fantastic, and I love how you ended with that question, optimism or pessimism. I think that I come down on the optimism side, but you need both views as part of the debate and the discussion. I just wanted to say, you know, the left is panicked and upset about the court, and this is a real sea change because it's always been our side who's been upset with the court. And now they have only three votes 
that they can count on. And I agree with you. I think that the last week or two has been momentous, and I think the implications are, are going to be felt for a good long time. I don't even think the, the pundit class has figured out what this all means. It's, it's enormous. I, I think so, too. And by the way, you know, we have uh, the three votes, even though Justice uh, Breyer retired. Bye-bye. Um, and we have uh, the the cisgender, I guess, would be uh, um, uh, Ketanji Jackson-Brown, because um, she doesn't know whether she's a woman or not, because, of course, we don't know she doesn't know what a woman is. But anyway, she's on the court now. And, and Good Morning America tweeted out this morning. <laughs> Congratulations to her because she's the first black justice on the Supreme Court. It was like, well, what is Clarence Thomas? Chopped liver? What's Thurgood Marshall? Chopped exactly. liver? Exactly. It was chopped liver to them. I mean, their their lives and their observances began with their own their own existence. They have no sense of history or outside their bubble. So that figures. So I want matter. you to listen you know, to they're this. They're still losing. I want you to listen to this. I saw this story on your post, on a post that you had on Twitter today, and I was like, what is this story all about? Let's listen to it because it's a little bit self-explanatory, but then I want to get your take on it. Go ahead and play it, Kev. Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. That is Joe Biden's <laughs> spokes guy, DC. <laughs> we. This is about the future of the liberal world order. What the hell? triggers us conspiracy nuts who, who have been triggered by anything having to do with the new world order ever since George Bush Sr. mentioned it in 1990. This is something the new world order or anything that has to do with global ruling has been something that the conservatives and conspiracy nuts too have been on guard against because it takes away Americans' sovereignty. And instead of the decisions being made at the local level, at the national level, they're going to be made by global governance, which is what the left wants, because it's a lot easier. They don't have to deal with pesky voters. They don't have to deal with argument. They don't have to deal with debate. And so that is why that phrase is so significant. Now, in this case, this was at a NATO summit in Madrid, where Biden was. And so he was asked after he had said that the reason for the gas prices are Russia, 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 he he had said that basically it was going to last as long as it takes for us to defeat Russia as part of the NATO. So that's the context there. And this guy who's director of Biden's National Economic Council was saying that this is the future of the liberal world order, meaning the post-World War II NATO order against Russia. That is what they all love, which is why they all lost their cookies when Trump appeared to shake the NATO order when he asked them to pay for their part in it. Yeah, imagine so, that. Yeah. So that's what this is about. It, it is just simply to maintain this old 
you know, traditional arrangement of countries where you have some lining up against Russia and some lining up against the United States and that we, the superpowers, get to duke it out. And so that is no longer the case in the world. The world has moved on. But the people who are in charge of the money of both political parties and also internationally want to maintain that because the sluice of money going through that order is tremendous and they get to control it. So it's good to have your antenna up when you hear any such thing. But in this case, he was just basically saying, you know, we want NATO to still be in effect. Okay. Now, this guy, Jamel Bowie, who used to be with Slate, now is with the New York Times. He, we've talked about his columns before. He wrote another one today. The Supreme Court is the final word on nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Damn Supreme Court. Screw them all. Well, that's, by the way, what Maxine Waters has been saying when it defied the court. Others, other liberals have been saying F the court. And, of course, the mm-hmm. reaction to Clarence Thomas has just been over-the-top racist and bigoted from the left. What do you expect? Um, but I thought this interesting because, actually, he raised an argument that Rush used to raise about the, the fact that the Supreme Court does, does have a check in the Congress, but the Congress has been unwilling to pull the trigger on that check for ever since, ever since. And so I just thought it was interesting reading this, starting to talk about Article 3. The last person that, that really raised Article 3 in a big way was Rush Limbaugh, that, that gives the Supreme Court original jurisdiction, et cetera, et cetera. But these courts are established by the Congress. And if Congress doesn't like what the Supreme Court is doing, by golly, they really could step in and change things. What are you? What did you? Yes. What's your take on this article? I had the same reaction. I thought it was an excellent article. I don't usually agree with him, but it Me was either. a constitutional argument. And it, I'm thinking maybe the fact that the Supreme Court is starting to go back to constitutional arguments again has been sort of sent out there into the universe, and the, uh, even leftists are starting to, hey, we should read the Constitution, see what's in there, and see what we can And so he, he provided a very sound argument. I mean, his, his motivation is to overturn, you know, what's been happening, because our side has been winning and his side has been losing. But that is how you address it. You look at the Constitution, see what is the remedy, and then you get other people to 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 organize and to be motivated to then have your representatives, you know, represent your point of view. So I think more power to them. That's exactly what should happen is that this should be fought out on constitutional grounds. Princess Di, thank you so much. We look forward to tomorrow. We're going to get your thoughts tomorrow on July 4th, a holiday that I do not celebrate. However, I, I don't, I, I, hey, 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 before you go, before you go, knee jerk on that. I love the fact that we have July 4th and so many Americans celebrate it. I just don't celebrate We are going to have such a good debate on that, James. I cannot wait. Yeah, on white people's Independence Day, you know. Sorry, we'll not see. trying to go we'll racial on everybody, but that's what it was. what I have to say, we'll see if you agree with yourself. I always agree with myself. And you know what I saw, by the way, and I recommend for viewing? I just got through watching the Ken Burns documentary on Benjamin Franklin. Um, believe it or not, it's on that horror channel, PBS. But they did a really good job on this documentary on Ben Franklin. 
and it just reinforced everything that I think about these matters. So, okay. there's that. We will see. Tomorrow, Princess Di joins us on our July 4th special. Thank you, Princess Di. James Golden, Boston Early's Rush Hour, coming back right after this. Rush. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. Rush. Noise. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley with you here. It's our rush hour. Most Snurley's rush hour. Madonna brings us back. Did you see that Madonna thing the other weekend? She was with some other woman, like, um, twerking with this woman on stage. And and it kind of people, uh, she didn't get a good review on social media. They kept saying, you know, here's a 60-something-year-old Madonna trying to still stay relevant. Uh, it was rough. The video was rough, too, I must tell you. So, let us head to the phones. Well, Adam, you know you're next already. Adam, you're first and next. From Florida. What part of Florida are you calling from, Adam? Uh, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood area. Wonderful. Broward County, Florida. Thank you, Adam, for joining yes, us. Sir. What's on your mind today? Uh, no, just to talk about that Cassidy's uh, hoax of a testimony that she said Donald Trump grabbed the steering wheel. I did a little research, and I looked inside the presidential limousine. There is a partition between the back seat and the front seat, which I'm sure – is bulletproof, so it would have to be Superman to punch through it and grab the steering wheel. Everybody has kind of debunked that claim that he somehow grabbed the steering wheel. He was fighting with Secret Service agents. And, of course, the other part of it is that she claims she wrote something that another White House staffer now says, no, she didn't write that, I did. And so there are all sorts of holes uh, coming up in this woman's testimony. It didn't help the picture of her hugging Liz Cheney afterwards. Look, this whole January 6th thing is a fraudulent setup, and we knew it from the beginning. It's a Nancy Pelosi uh, operation and the Democrat operation, the same people that brought you the Russiagate hoax, the same people that brought you the Trump impeachment one, Trump impeachment two hoax. These are the same clowns posing as statesmen and women that are bringing you this partisan third world banana republic commission that resembles something out of the Soviet Politburo days. The same people. This thing, I don't know too many Americans who take this seriously. Of course, the the rhino class is be, are beside themselves. Oh, look what Trump did. Look what, and Trump, of course, Donald Trump said, look, this never happened. This is nonsense. But, of course, we're not supposed to take his word. We're supposed to take the word of these biased, bigoted Democrats and their allies. I think this woman has zero, zero credibility at all. And if perjury can be proven, they should bring her to trial, period, for lying under oath. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you, Adam. Let us go. By the way, folks, I said at the top of the hour, remember this. It is July 4th weekend. You're going to be traveling. Get to the airports in plenty of time. There are a lot of cancellations still happening. Also, keep that WABC app with you wherever you go. Worldwide. We stream worldwide. WABCradio.com. Download the app. Keep us with you all day. We've got some great music programming coming on. Tomorrow, by the way, the Foo Fighters are going to have the Foo Fighters and the family of the late drummer Taylor Hawkins are going to be having a series of memorial concerts for him, two in Los Angeles, one in Great Britain. One of the people that will be performing with the Foo Fighters is Omar Hakim, the drummer, my good friend. And he will be with us tomorrow uh, during, the, I believe, one of the hours, I won't say which one, <clears throat> on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And we'll talk about that memorial concert that will be held for the Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins, and what we can expect from it. Also... Um, Johnny Mathis is going to be performing in the New York area in August. I'm going to be telling you more about that in coming days. I talked to some of Johnny Mathis's people today, and I so want to go to that concert. So who knows? We'll see how it all plays out. Let us head back to the one more thing. Catch at Night comes on right after this. Make sure you keep it here for that. Now, let us head back to the telephones and talk to Grace in New York City. Hi, Grace. How are you? Hello. Hello, Grace. Hi. Oh, James, I have to tell you something. Every time I drive home from work, I I say I can't listen to him anymore because by the time I get home, you get me so worked up that I feel like somebody, you know, I'm a bottle of soda that someone shook. (laughs) Not that I disagree, because, because I agree. And I get like, ah, crazy. But that's not what I called to tell you. I just wanted to make the comment that I did want to ask you about not celebrating Fourth of July, but I'll wait until tomorrow. Um, but you know what, James? Nobody celebrates Independence Day, or very few celebrate Independence. Day. Well, I know people that people do. Celebrate. <laughs> what do we celebrate? A day off, drinking, oh. partying, barbecuing. So you know, you're not alone. I celebrate it because. I'm a patriot, but, you know, I can't wait to hear why you don't. Yeah, well, I'm a patriot, too, and I love this country, and that's one of the reasons why I don't celebrate it. But anyway, that's tomorrow we'll delve into all of that. Grace, I love you. I will be looking forward. Thank you. 7 a.m. tomorrow. Thank you so much. 7 a.m. tomorrow, folks, the uh, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Have your first cup of coffee with us tomorrow morning. Let us go to Frank on Long Island. Hey, Frank, welcome. Most nervous rush hour. How are you? Good afternoon, Bo. Hope you're having a great Friday. I am. All right. Hey, I got a couple things for you. Uh, do you remember uh, Mayor Buddy? Mayor who? Buddy Cianci. He was the mayor up there in uh, in uh, Rhode Island. At, uh, no, I don't. Terms. The name sounds familiar, but I don't recall. Why are you, why are you mentioning him? What's up? Well, he's no longer with us. He passed away, but he had a 21-year run. And I'm just kind of like thinking here because of all the bad press they're doing to President Trump and everything like that, that maybe the rhinos and the Republicans that are turncoat on President Trump now should think about Buddy Cianci. 
Buddy Cianci lost his uh, his mayorship because he had to go to jail for a felony on the first uh, the first term that he had. So he came out of serving. I think it was three or four years. I know Rush talked about it, and then. He went and ran for mayor again, and he was reelected. You know why he was reelected? Why? Because the man got the job done. All right. All right. He took the city from being like in the 40th, somewhere in the 40s, in the top 50, and moved it into the top five on his policies and his rule. So these these people are thinking that uh, you know this all this bad press is hurting President Trump. It may not be. Okay. People realize. When they have somebody to get things done, that's the guy to go with. Even a felon that went to jail, they reelected him. Imagine that. Thank you so much, Frank. I appreciate you calling for that bit of history. Thank you. Let us go to Howard Beach. Glenn, you're on WABC Boston Early's Rush Hour on this 4th of July weekend. How are you, Glenn? Every time I hear your voice, I think I'm home. Now, whether I'm at Pennsylvania or whether I'm going to see, you know, other, when I come home and I hear your voice, I'm home. But Thank the you. reason, the reason why I'm calling you is Al Demiola. I'm not going to the Blues Note because I can't carry my firearm there, and I, and I wanted to take my wife who loves that type of music, and I will not. You know, if I'm taking my wife, I have to protect her. She ain't coming, so I'm. You know, I, I. She's losing out. I've seen him. We've both seen her. But I just want to let you know that. that uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, correct? Yeah, Al Demiola is, um, and Al Demiola, we have a podcast with him. What an amazing interview. For those of you music fans, true music fans, Al Demiola is a giant. He's a legend. Uh, guitarist was with Return to Forever, Chicory and Return to Forever. But his career is just astounding. We did an interview with him a few weeks ago, and he has got a record that I thought may have sold. We'll talk about this record because it's with uh, it's John McLaughlin, and um, it is just astounding. But that be what it may, he's playing. If you don't mind going there without your firearm, then I would say worth seeing. If you do mind, like Glenn here, and won't go, Al's got a new record that he's working on, and that should be around pretty soon. So there's so many ways to enjoy his music. So please do. Let us go to Kevin in New Jersey. Kevin, you're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you, Kevin? Yes, uh, on uh, July, uh, July 3rd, uh, Adam said uh, Jefferson uh, still lives, and it took the legislature one day to declare uh, July Fourth holiday. Now, that bit of history that you're talking about is something that is pretty cosmic. John Adams and uh, and Thomas Jefferson were at one point rivals, at one point friends, and all that. And then later, after in life, after the Constitution was passed and ratified, they did patch up their differences. On July 3rd, as Adams lay dying, he still said, um, Jefferson lives. Here's what happened. Jefferson died on the 50th anniversary of the 4th of July, Thomas Jefferson. John Adams died on the 50th anniversary of July 4th. Both of the founders, those two men among the founders, 
died on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. How cosmic was that? Extreme. And thank you, Kevin, uh, for pointing that out. I mentioned earlier that I saw a documentary. It's on PBS. It is the Ken Burns Treatment, Benjamin Franklin. And for you history buffs, it is a well-done documentary. Extremely well done, I must say. And I would commend it to your attention if, indeed, you're looking for something to watch that is wholesome this July 4th weekend. We will be back tomorrow. Once again, tomorrow, if you know any Foo Fighter fans, have them tune in. Omar Hakim will be with us. Princess Di will be with us tomorrow as well as we move into our July 4th weekend, our Saturday morning radio spectacular. Remember, Cats and Night is up next. And as always, my dear friends, may God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. And I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow morning and seeing you tomorrow morning right here on WABC. Catch you later. Bye.